Welcome back to Russell and Medhurst. Of course, our friends at AEW, always great friends throughout the course of the year uh, of our show here in D.C. Medhurst, Chris Russell, please be joined by the founder, co-owner, and of course, president and CEO of AEW, as well as riding alongside uh, his father, uh, the stewardship of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a whole lot more right now. It is our great friend of AEW, Tony Khan, joining us. Tony, Pete and Chris in D.C., appreciate a few minutes today. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Always good to have you and appreciate our friendship with AEW. Uh, impressive Wednesday night uh, card coming up uh, in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, Tony, I want to ask you right away. The thing that has always fascinated me about your production and, and really any other production that attempts to do this uh, on a quality level like you all do, when you're seeking characters, when you're looking to put matches together that you think are going to appeal uh, to the masses. What's the most important thing to Tony Khan in trying to put that together at that level of entertainment so the audience gets the most bang for their buck and they keep coming back to your production? What a nuanced question. I think uh, it's a very nuanced question. You could write books on it, but I think the most important thing is staying in touch with the fans and realizing which wrestlers the fans care about and understanding that not every wrestler has the same exact fan base. Many wrestlers have different fans all over the world, but there are some wrestlers that have bigger followings than others and trying to create interesting matchups that will make for good television, uh, that will do good ratings, hopefully. And that's where we've had a lot of success. And recently the ratings for AEW have, grown to be the highest viewership we've had in many months mm -hmm. and the shows the quality of the shows at least as far as the fan feedback goes and the critical feedback it's been the best feedback we've had i think tonight's show on tbs is one of the strongest lineups we've ever had for wednesday night dynamite and i think tonight on tbs is a great example of listening to the fans and trying to give them the kind of exciting matchups they want in some cases, these are matches that have been building for weeks or months that are culminating in these big rivalries tonight on TBS. It'll be a great card, and I think that's what AEW is all about, is delivering great action every week, in particular Wednesday nights like tonight on TBS. You got it. 8 o'clock Eastern time, of course, the show starts. It's a fun show, and don't forget about Rampage on Friday night as well. But, Tony, wanted to ask you this. Um, you mentioned the ratings. You mentioned, uh, well, uh, you know, we, we had heard that the ratings, I guess, were the highest last week uh, since October. Uh, so a good, uh, a good number there for you, and we'll get to maybe some of the reason why. But in lieu of not having the television ratings during the show and then immediately after the show, how much are you registering the crowd heat and the crowd noise and the crowd reaction? Because when I watch AEW, which I do every week, the crowd is amazing. I mean, it's so hot. Like, are, are, are you using that in your mind to know, hey, we had a good show, we probably did a good number, or is it really about the television ratings whenever you get that information? It's both. And it's, a, it's definitely got to be a combination of both. You want to have people that will get great reactions in the arena from the live fans, the ticket-buying fans, and that energy carries through the TV. And when you watch AEW, that's something you can count on. This mm -hmm. year, we've done shows in Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, mm -hmm. Fresno, and Lexington, Kentucky. And the common theme has been great energy from the fans week in, week out, uh, 
all throughout January and really in recent months. And I think the last time we had viewership this big was our three year anniversary show. And that was back in October. And since then, the shows have really gotten stronger, better. And the production has picked up. The wrestling is at an all time high in terms of quality. And I think when you look at things that contribute to the business success, I think TV ratings, you have to look at that. And it's not always a perfect one-to-one correlation between who gets the loudest reaction from the fans and who Mm -hmm. draws the best on television. But when you look at matches like what we have tonight, I think it's the perfect storm of that. John Moxley and Hangman Page are two of the biggest draws in AEW. And when they step in the ring, it's a proven big draw for the company. And uh, people really are interested in this match. Certainly, the last couple matches they've had, we've seen them knock each other out. So nobody knows what to expect. Mox knocked Hangman out cold, and then Hangman knocked Mox out. And uh, the rivalry has gotten very personal, but they're also just two huge box office stars. And right. it's going to be really fascinating. And it's an it's a interesting story how it's taken uh, a turn since Mox first knocked Hangman out. And we had to take off the ropes and stretch your Hangman out and take him to the hospital. It was a very scary situation. And what's followed, thankfully, has been really interesting TV, and and we want to keep it that way. And then you have something like Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen, another rubber match, but this one's no holds barred. It's a very different kind of situation. The two matches they've had have been just completely different. They've been, uh, really, it's a David versus Goliath situation, but when Darby did pull off that amazing upset in his hometown Seattle in the first AEW show of 2023 to kick off the year. It was such an amazing moment. And now Darby has been on this incredible run, four straight defenses in four weeks of the championship. And he's going for five defenses in five weeks. And I have to say, this is probably the toughest opponent yet. The former champion, the self-proclaimed king of television, Samoa Joe, Again, these are two wrestlers with a proven history. They've right. drawn on television for us. They've drawn with the live crowds. And this match has been one that's generated a lot of interest. So should be a great night tonight on TBS for AEW. Tony, when you think about the businesses and the different businesses that you're involved in, relationships with athletes, with performers, uh, as you try to work with uh, wrestlers who put so much time into this craft, they want to be great. Uh, they want to be champions. They want to be people that are on these types of uh, TV productions. Uh, for you and your creative group and your business group as a whole, what's the key in fostering relationships of trust on both sides that you're going to give that performer every opportunity to realize their goals, but at the same time, you have to trust them that they're going to give you uh, their best as you develop these characters, this show, this production. Because you know every time you hit the TV, it's got to work. It's got to be successful. Or you know how wrestling fans are. They see right through a production that that really doesn't bring its best uh, each and every week. So true. So true. And I think that's why we've built the best production team. We've got Mike Mansuri, who's world-renowned as a wrestling producer in terms of making our graphics package and making the arenas look beautiful. Uh, to me, leading a creative team and, and putting the shows together, I try to be 
uh, a matchmaker who listens to the fans and, and puts on matches the fans want to see every week. And I think that helps us. And I think that's part of why tonight's show is so loaded and so strong. This is a card with the wrestlers the fans want to see in matches that the fans want to see. And it's building towards revolution. And every year, this time of year, it feels like AEW is really cooking on the road to revolution. And this year, probably more so than any other year since we began. It feels like something about this time of year, the shows just get hot and focused and the matches get bigger and better as we're approaching revolution. And then, uh, lo and behold, here we are. And seems like some of the best television we've ever done last week is maybe my favorite show we've ever done. And it was following another great show. And the past two weeks we had the biggest rating we had since October, since the anniversary show. And then last week, we hit that number again and followed it up again and topped it. So to me, uh, it's a perfect culmination of trusting, you know, really trusting the production team, trusting the wrestlers and trusting myself to listen to the fans and put on the matches they want to see. Mm-hmm. And it's live TV and it's not perfect every week, but honestly, the last month or so, it's probably been as close to perfect as we've ever done. Absolutely. Tony Khan with us. Uh, Tony, before we run out of time, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't, A, congratulate you, uh, your family, and the Jacksonville Jaguars on a tremendous uh, run to the AFC South title, the divisional, uh, the wildcard round playoff win. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, we're big fans of what you guys are doing and what you guys are, are, are building there. And, and obviously the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, do you have a lean, uh, if you will, on the Super Bowl now that the Jaguars have kind of gotten back into the postseason dance and, and, and are presumably moving forward uh, for us? Uh, do you like any side one way or the other? Well, I have to say, uh, as you know, for me, I'm actually at the Senior Bowl right now in Mobile, Alabama, mm-hmm. and the work never stops. It's very yeah. different. You know, it's not like pro wrestling where uh, – we do the show every week. There's no off season in wrestling right now. It's a different time of year. We were very focused and it's been uh, the most enjoyable football season I've ever been a part of for the Jaguars this year. And and to come back from two and six, come back from three and seven, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're doing the work now and building towards the draft and free agency. I hate for the season to come to an end, but uh, it's an exciting time of year now as we start to make decisions and build for next season. Yeah, no doubt. When I, when I, Tony, when I saw the reaction on your father's face uh, as you all completed that comeback in the playoffs, is there any greater joy than moments like that, knowing what your father and your family and the resources you all have put in to try and get this right and, and you know, make your fan base in Jacksonville proud? And with potential new ownership, you know, coming in here in Washington, would you have, you know, any word of – um uh, you know, what would you tell new ownership about coming into the National Football League and what it's all about and, more importantly, uh, what it takes uh, to, to run a, a successful operation? Because I imagine it's moments like that and seeing that joy in your dad's face uh, that really make it worth it uh, for you and your family. That's the best. It's the best feeling in the world when we win. And the best feeling for me is to see my dad happy and nothing makes him happier than a big win. And Doug Peterson and the Jaguars players and the whole staff really rallied. And uh, what an incredible turnaround they pulled off to make this a successful season for us, to make us the AFC South champions, to earn it. 
and uh, it's the best feeling in the world. So I think uh, my dad really had to trust his instincts on a lot. And we've uh, worked really hard to build a great staff. And obviously there were uh, some hardships along the way and mm -hmm. some challenges, but I think we got the best coach we possibly could hire in Doug Peterson. And we trusted Trent Balky and have stuck with him. And uh, Trent's done a great job building up the roster in recent years. And now uh, we also have uh, full complement of draft picks. And it's going to be an exciting time trying to continue stacking up the roster and trying to improve, uh, hopefully, to build off this great season we just finished. Tony, two things for you as we let you go. A, uh, is it possible for you to own the Jacksonville Jaguars, AEW, Fulham, True Media Sports, and the Washington Commanders? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm telling you the last one. Until the last part, yes, it was. In fact, we do own all those. Things, but <laughs> I I had to slip that in there because Tony, we like you, so we want you to like. We, we'll sacrifice whatever we need to sacrifice around here to get Tony Khan and the Khan family involved in the Washington Commanders. Number one, <laughs> and number two, uh, you guys have done four live shows in the last year in the Washington D.C. area, plus other shows in the general area. Uh, what is it about this area that uh, is attractive to you guys at All Elite Wrestling? In Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area, it's one of the best markets in the world for professional wrestling. We've done 173 episodes of AEW Dynamite, and the very first one was right there in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. Mm -hmm. The three-year anniversary show we just had in October was right there in D.C., and we'll continue making D.C. and that surrounding area a home for AEW. We started Dynamite there, and it's because you are some of the best wrestling fans in the entire world, and that's what we love. We love having great live fans that bring that energy all over the world to 150 countries where they watch AEW. And DC, you are some of the best wrestling fans in the world. Awesome. Tony, appreciate the, the friendship we have with AEW, particularly with our show. Appreciate the time today and have a super show tonight. Uh, out in Dayton. I know it's going to be a great one for the fans. Thanks for having me on and hopefully see you all tonight on TBS for AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's going to be a great show tonight. You got it. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. The great Tony Khan and Chris, you talk about diverse portfolios and I loved how, look, I mean, as we said, the Walmart family can have two. Why can't the cons have two? Because look at what Tony and his father, and as Tony even admitted, I mean, look, there's been ups, there's been downs. Uh, you know, the you, you've had some euphoria, and you've had some hard times. I'm sure from a business standpoint, the Urban Meyer situation uh, was really painful. Uh, that was, that, that was that a season. disaster for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it was painful, uh, you know, for that family to see that go like that. A lot of pride there, but to see them bounce back. Yep. Uh, and, and what do people do in the face of adversity? You make tough decisions. You, you get rid of a guy that doesn't want to be there in your franchise. And you you turn things around uh, literally quickly, uh, and uh, they've got incredible diverse portfolios. And I think that's what where the real talent for Tony comes in. I mean, look at all the different things. As we said, he was at the Senior Bowl. He's down at the Senior Bowl. Yep. With their people uh, watching, you know, and 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 obviously working with uh, their Jaguar staff uh, just to see, you know, hey, this is what we're looking at. I mean, why would an owner have to be at the Senior Bowl? Or choose to be at the Senior Bowl. I mean, outside of Jerry Jones, who's like the GM, is it? Well, I wonder if it's because of his True Media Sports 
group. Could, you know, they do a lot of the the fancy snazzy analytics that you mm-hmm. see. I wonder if you know. I mean, listen, I'm Tony Khan. You know, like I can go anywhere I want. I've got a private jet. I can go, you know, from Jacksonville up to Mobile, Alabama. It's a quick, probably half an hour flight on you know yesterday Easily. morning. It's not very far, right? And then right up to Dayton, Ohio. Uh, you know, for AEW tonight. I mean, Chris, keep you this know. in mind. Keep this in mind. When you have a diverse portfolio and the quality that they have, think about what's the key. And I, and I asked him about, you know, establishing those relationships, particularly and convincing, you know, wrestlers, hey, this character's good for you. This is a way for you to build your brand. Tony Khan's got an eye for talent. And even if, you know, he's not making the talent decisions. We know Trent Balky is doing that. But Tony can certainly be the conduit between Trent and his father in saying, hey, here's why we took person, uh, you know, A. Trent and the staff saw them at the Senior Bowl. I did as well. This is what they think is good about him. This is how, uh, you know, they think he can help our football team. And let's face it, ownership that has great relationships uh, and creates a good culture, Tony Khan's all about that. Yeah. And Tony Khan talked about the culture that they have within AEW uh, and that they've built. I mean, think about what they've done. I mean, Chris, we've seen productions come and go, trying to go up you know, against, run alongside WWE through the years and everything like that. AEW really has made a lot of, of headway. The viewership continues to rise. The quality of the shows continue to get better. The depth of the talent continues to get better. Tony has, I think, a great eye for talent, a great eye for business. And when you're trying to establish quality culture, why wouldn't you want to be involved, get to know some of the the potential people that Trent Balky may bring into your organization, that Doug Peterson may bring in uh, to the organization, so that player trusts you, gives his all for you because he knows you're going to be there giving your all for them. And that's why I I asked him the relationship question uh, during the course of that interview because I think it's very important to Tony and one of the main reasons why um, they have been very successful uh, in establishing a diverse portfolio and clearly uh, in an arena which has been very tough. I mean, a lot of these other wrestling promotions have kind of, you know, come and gone like, you know, the XFL and the AAF and the USFL and all those things up against the National Football League. But yet here's Tony and his uh, amazing staff at AEW. They have found a way to not only build it, but having success at it uh, as they are right now with another great show coming your way uh, tonight. By the way, name to watch on this show, Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill, great college basketball player at Jacksonville University. She was an all-conference performer. How about that? I didn't and know now that. She's, now she's, she's um, great in the ring. Yeah, she's a longtime female champion. I, I think she's had a belt for like a year. I, I've got one point that I want to make about the Jaguar side of Tony Khan mm-hmm. when we return and maybe how it ties into the commander's current situation. All right, we'll do that. Three, that yeah, we we'll do that. 80 will give you an opportunity, a little small window here. If you want to chime in on the phones of anything we've talked about uh, this morning, get your views on stuff. Dumb Dumb of the Day coming up in about 25 minutes as well. Burgundy and Gold today. That comes your way at the top of the hour. All a part of our great daily lineup that starts with Kevin Sheehan in the morning through Craig Hoffman in the afternoon right here on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
301-230-0980. That's how you get to us. Segment for you to chime in on the things we've been talking about this morning. Chris, your point on the Jaguars is? Yeah. So, remember a year ago, everybody wanted Trent Balky fired. Everyone thought in the media, fans... Uh, players, uh, especially fans of the Jaguars, thought Trent Balky was an ignoramus, right? So much so, Byron Leftwich could have been the Jaguars' head coach, refused to work with Trent Balky. A year later, as Tony just kind of reminded us of, Trent Balky was the general manager that A, helped recruit and lure Doug Peterson in, and B, built a roster signing Brandon Sheriff, Christian Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, um, um, uh, Evan Ingram, and others. Uh, drafting Trayvon Walker, number one. All of a sudden, Trent Balky's now not a village idiot. So here's how it relates to the commanders, right? A lot of people think Ron Rivera is in over his head. Can't get it right is horrible, is terrible at personnel, this, that, the other thing, all of that. A year, my friends, not even a year, can change a lot of people's perceptions. And a lot of stereotypes and perceptions are wrong immediately and are wrong in the moment, such as Trent Balky's incompetent last year, such as Ron Rivera is going to definitely get fired. Ron Rivera is in over his head. Ron Rivera this. Ron Rivera that. Listen, a lot of things can change with good luck, good chemistry, good moves, good changes, whatever it might be. A year from now, we might be saying, man, look at Ron Rivera. Boy, he has built this thing steadily, steadily. Now look at him. They won 10 games with Sam Howell. They won, they won a playoff game with Sam Howell. Could also be they won a couple of games like Houston did with Davis Mills. I, that, that's all true, too. But I'm just, I'm just saying, a year ago, Pete, Trent Baalke was a village idiot. The Jaguars held firm. Well, remember, Byron Leftwich didn't want to. I know, that's wanna, what I'm saying. You know. but, but it wasn't just Byron Leftwich. It was long before that. The no, Jaguars I mean, look, fans the thought Trent Baalke was were. an idiot. The, the results were yeah. what they were. I know. My my point being is let's be careful about, you know, just automatically assuming that Ron Rivera is going to be gone a year from now uh, and, and that they're not going to win or they're not going to change things around. My point, my overall point is the Trent Baalke situation is a really interesting case study. Again, Byron Lefferts reportedly refused to work with him. And it cost him the job. The Khan family believed in Trent Balky enough to say, thanks, but no thanks, Byron. They went out and got Doug Peterson, arguably a better head coach anyway than Byron Leftwich, because Byron Leftwich has never been a head coach. And they made it to the playoffs, and they won a division, and they won a playoff game, and put in a pretty good fight in Kansas City. My point being is, again, a lot can change over a year's period. And just because right now in the moment you think Ron is underwater, Ron sucks, Ron's clueless, Ron's incompetent, Ron's this, Ron's that, he's never going to figure it out, a year can change a lot of things, positively and negatively. 3 let us get to the phones. Bring Junior and Fort Meade in here first. What's up, Junior? 
Uh, hang on one second. Oh, it's him. Okay, there we go. No, just need to get guys. to the proper line. What's up, Junior? Good morning. Hey, uh, first, uh, Chris, the thing with uh, African-American coaches, I don't understand why you can't grasp the perception of all of this, that you keep going back to saying that it's not about – the NFL doesn't deserve any kind of benefit of that, not the, not the, not the league itself, not any of the teams – they don't deserve any of the benefit of the doubt. And as Pete pointed out, if you can't see that they that the Texas hired uh, Lovey Smith because he was an African American coach to cover their butts, I don't understand what you're looking at. This was that was one of the most obvious hires. Whether it's coaches going out to meet the Rooney Rule, having an interview because of the Rooney Rule, team doing that over and over again. So you don't think it was the, the fact that Lovey was on David Culley's staff and had done a pretty good job with the defense and had been a two-time head coach um, in the NFL and, I, I, and, and had coached in Illinois and had coached saying. in the Super Bowl? You don't think any of that had anything to do with that? I do not think any of that had anything okay. to do with it. Well, that's absurd. I'm sorry. That's absurd. That is not absurd. Uh, of course that's absurd! Of it's course, it's absurd. absurd. Your 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 view of this is absurd. I don't understand. Oh my god! How could you not this? look at that and say that Lovey Smith was qualified for that job and was competent for that job? And they he looked around. Not. They looked around and said, "Hey, we're not sure where this is going, but let's give this guy a chance because he's already in the building. You he already knows our personnel. He already knows our system. He already it, it causes the least amount of disruption." And oh, by the way, he's been a successful three-time head coach. Any disruption, they would have kept David Culley. What are you talking about? David Culley is a different coach than Lovey Smith for crying out loud. David Culley's done nothing. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. Okay. So you want me to believe that the Houston Texans are a racist organization because now they've hired three straight black head coaches? Spinning it the wrong way. That's not what I said. They hired him because their perception of them being racist. They didn't hire him because they thought he right. was a good coach. They hired him because they were they were in a situation firing David Culley was the wrong move in the first place. Hire him probably was the wrong so that move was the, the So that was the only reason why they hired they, Lovey Smith was so that they didn't look bad. And then we're going to turn yeah. around and fire him a year later. Boy, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I can't understand why you can't grab I that. I can't understand it, how you can't come around. How that makes no sense at all. None. Let's hire, I, let's hire Lovey Smith who just fell off of an apple tree. Let's hire Lovey Smith so we don't look bad, and then let's fire his ass less than a year later. How does that make sense? What are you talking about? Why if you're trying to erase to a stereotype or an image or a view of your organization, how the bleep does it make sense to hire Lovey to correct a understand. stereotype and then fire him a year later? How does that make sense? Chris, you are in a la-la lane. I don't understand what, Junior, I can't, what la-la I can't land are you him. on? You're not making any sense. Are you kidding? Okay, <laughs> we're not going to agree on this, and we're going to keep. No, we're not going to agree on this because you're you, you have an idiotic platform. They wouldn't no. hire <laughs> Junior. They why would they hire Lovey Smith to correct a perceived stereotype?
and then fire him a year later. Why? Why? Give me one good answer, please. Why? Same reason why we hired Jim Zorn when oh we God. hired Jim Zorn. Oh, my God. Because it was the only thing that they could do to try to fix a bad situation that they created oh, on their own. I see. I see. They, they hired him because it was a perception move. They, they hired him because they didn't have any other choice. Yeah, I see. And they looked back they had plenty of other choices. choices. So they, name one. My Who God! That, when it happened, you 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 don't you don't you don't think Nick Casario came from New England had uh, maybe a chance to hire Josh McDaniels? Maybe not. Uh, another assistant coach, uh, another qualified coordinator. He interviewed Eric Bieniemy, chose not to hire him. But I, 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 I guess they chose. I guess they chose the black defensive guy over the black offensive guy because they're racist, right? I don't understand. I, look, we're not going to agree on this. Yeah, well, of course we're not going to agree goes, because your your yeah, uh, theory wrong. is absurd. You your theory so is absurd. It's preposterous. Yeah, Chris, sometimes, sometimes somebody just needs to put a foot straight in your ass. I don't oh understand God. this. All right, Junior. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like you in general, but go away, please. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, like... I, either I'm missing something or I'm the only one that gets it. I mean, the Houston Texans literally just hired their third straight black coach, but I guess, and gave him a six year contract, but I guess they're just checking boxes. So. But Chris, the, the point is, is they continue to do the irregular thing that is firing a coach after one year. The only thing that starts to. So did Make the San them. Francisco 49ers. They fired two white coaches, including Chip Kelly. I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean does that make them a bad organization, Pete? Or does that make them that's, judgmental Chris, that's against white Chris, that's guys? That's ultimately what I said yesterday was, first of all, they are and have operated as an incompetent organization. Yes, that's okay? the point. The only They're thing- incompetent, not racist, not prejudice, not judgmental. They've hired three straight black Head coaches now. At some point, we have to say, you know what? They're incompetent in their first two hires, or at least one of the hires, or they made a bad mistake, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But they keep hiring black head coaches, which everybody screams about as being unfair, not pro- the one organization that keeps hiring black head coaches. And everyone still wants to accuse them of being racist or or prejudice. The only thing that makes that less evil than it looked like two years ago is the fact that Jacksonville got rid of Urban Meyer, Denver fired Nathaniel Hackett after one year, and at least now we're seeing coaches of all ethnicities Jettisoned. Jim Tom Sula got fired year. in 16. Chip Kelly got fired. I'm sorry, in 15. Chip Kelly got fired after one year in 16. Pete Carroll, for crying out loud, got fired after one year with the Jets back in the 90s. I mean, I can cite every example too. It's to- unfortunate. It. I, I don't. I don't think any head coach should be fired after a year. Even Jim Zorn, who was a nice man, but was way in over his head, shouldn't have been fired after one year. Started six and two. I know, but he was way in <laughs> over his head. Ultimately, as we all found out for the for the what maroon and black, <laughs> or maroon and gold, whatever. Uh, Jimmy. He was Jimmy. Got off to a great start, but that's a case of we talk about how people interview. Jim Zorn wowed Dan at the Potomac Palace 
so well, so well that they just said, "Hey, let's hire that guy right there." And at six and two, Chris, at six and two, can you imagine the toasts that must have been going on in the owner's box and in the private conversations at the Potomac Palace while Jim Zorn was six and two as the head coach of the Washington Commanders at that time? How about that? I mean, they thought they had. They thought they had struck gold. Yeah, Danny Boy was lighting up that victory cigar only to be extinguished pretty quickly. Let's go to Paulie. What's up, Paulie? Good Pete, man. Hell to the W, man. To Rufio. Yes, Paulie. <laughs> hey, good job, Junior. You don't get it, man. Yeah, I don't get it. You don't get it, right. man. Right. The whole point. The whole point, Junior. There was no point. There was no point. There is a point. There is a point. The whole point he's trying to make to you is you got an organization that just discarded two African American coaches for apparently no reason. Right. That's that's what he's trying to. Yeah, because you know, because you know what's going on in that building. Oh, you know what's going on in that building. I don't. I don't. You know. But okay, I don't so accuse don't racism when don't I don't know if there's racism. You don't accuse racism for nothing. You don't believe in They racism. hired three black head coaches. What do you not understand? I, you people blow my mind. You people blow my mind. They hired three black head coaches, and you still think they're racist. Who? Who's you? You! You and you? Junior and, and, and half of the world out there, Listen, and you're Shut all up. wrong. Shut up. Shut up. No, you're it's my wrong. show. You come you're on wrong. here and accuse teams of being this. racist, which is ridiculous. If you don't like what we got to say, why are you taking callers? You know what I was going to say. Yeah, I know. So I wouldn't have taken you. You knew what you knew was about to happen. I know. You still took my call, but you won't let me talk. I go ahead, talk. You should not. You should let me on. I'm gonna turn off my phone. See, I turned off my microphone. Go ahead, talk. Make some sense. I, Make yeah, one logical you point, Polly. Make one you logical point. Go ahead, tick tick you tick. One off. logical okay. point. Go ahead. You used to take the job as a job that nobody wanted. Period. They didn't want to get it. Well, you know why they hired uh, David Cully? Because the whole just uh, David Cully and Lovey Smith. Because of the whole Deshaun Watson mess. No coach wanted to touch that job with a 10-foot pole. So it took two African-American coaches, older coaches, one coach you never really heard of, but I bet you the guy across the hall, Mr. Brian Mitchell, will tell you he's a good coach. All right? And the older coach, Lovey Smith, who probably is not going to get another head coach. Neither one of them guys is going to get another head coach's job in the NFL. So this was an organization that had no talent, no nothing, and, and, and was coming and, and the whole Deshaun Watson uh, fiasco. That's the whole point. It had to go to an African American. I um 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 um, um Sean Payton wasn't going to take that job next year, last year, or this year. So once again, it's going to an African American coach mm-hmm. on a team that has no talent mm-hmm. and nowhere. That's the whole. That's the point he's trying to make to you. Sure. But you want to be so blind to the fact. Sure. Just want to say nothing is racist. Nothing is racist. It is. Sure. I mean, it okay. might not be. The, it might not be the main reason. But just like I said yesterday, just the fact that it's a reason is wrong. That's all. No. Okay. We living in the world of, of we live in the world of, of prejudice, racial, and stereotypes. Okay. 
So, appara- like, so, appara- so apparently, apparently you had to have Deshaun Watson in the fold and not quit on his organization six months after they paid him a boatload of money and cry like a little baby, Listen, and man, then God knows what he did. About, apparently, you've got to have Deshaun Watson in order to try and win, because that worked well for Deshaun Bill O'Brien there, when they won four games in 2019. If Deshaun Watson was there, if Hoskins was there, and that team was the team with uh, that Bill O'Brien had, that would have been a hot commodity job, and I guarantee and went and went to an African-American coach. Mm, okay. Period. Okay. 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 And then you speaking on Byron Leftwich. Was you in that building? Why you ask Khan about that? Because he told him about the whole Baki, the Ron Rivera thing. That's all off, man. First of all, the whole thing about the, with Byron Leftwich was reports was he was feeling like this wasn't on the up and up. They not really serious about me. They just using me to fill another quota. Number one. Number two, yo, Baki's not running the whole organization. He ain't, he, he ain't on the sideline telling him to go for it on fourth down. That's what we say about Ron. He got too much on his plate. We need him to focus on one thing, not running the whole organization. Because this cupboard was not empty when Ron took over this team. There was way more talent on this team when Ron took over than with, uh, with, than, than, um, than with Doug Peterson had in the, coming into this offseason. Now they had the, a young quarterback. That'll, that'll give you two knots up over what we have, but we still have more talent on this team. Paulie, let me ask you a question. Paulie, Paulie, let me ask you a question. Which role would you rather Ron have if he chooses one? I want Ron to be a head coach. We need to be structured like normal teams are structured. A head coach, a GM, and a team president, or whatever happens goes after that. But we need it needs to be a, 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 it needs to be a separation between church and state. And you can see the problem. That's the problem. Listen, that's why we had the problem we had this year coming into with the depth. The whole Carson Wentz. We got to go. Get rid of players and all this. We got to go. All that. Thanks, Paul. We got to go. go. Yeah, we got to go. We 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 have breaking news that makes sense, and 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 we've got to end the charade. Mega Dittos breaking news with the rooster on what's trending. All right, according to the Detroit Free Press. Omari Sankofa II, one of their beat reporters, per league source, tonight's Pistons-Wizards game, which was scheduled for here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, has officially been postponed due to weather-related flight issues. The Pistons stuck in Dallas after playing the Mavericks on Monday night. Of course, they have had some ice storm. It is a verified account, Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. So according to this report, the Wizards and the Pistons game tonight here on the Team 980 is off. Meanwhile, of course, Tom Brady retiring at the age of 45 after losing his final game to the Dallas Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs. How about this? Eagles offensive lineman, a backup, Josh Sills, has been indicted on rape and kidnapping charges from an incident back in 2019. This just 10 days before Philadelphia, of course, plays the Chiefs in Super Bowl 57 here on the Team 980. And a final note, according to uh, multiple reports now and Dr. Mark uh, Atticke's uh, who used to play here, Brock Purdy does need Tommy John surgery and is expected to miss about a year, but a return in six to nine months is unlikely for the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and that's what's trending.
Nationals have announced their 2023 minor league player development staff. Super excited about the new manager at AA Harrisburg, Delano to Shields. Seifer Delaware native. Uh, dad, of course, tremendous player as well. Turned down a scholarship to go to Villanova for hoops to play Major League Baseball. Uh, Delano, of course, most recently been in the Reds organization, was their first base coach. Been there, I think, was with the Reds for like the last 13, 14 years. He's going to be the new manager now at AA Harrisburg. Uh, as the Nationals made uh, a bunch of announcements about their minor league player development staff. I think that's one to watch. You, of course, get to see Harrisburg when they come into the area uh, to play Bowie uh, in the Eastern League. So good news there. And, of course, as Chris reported in the trending, um, they've had terrible weather. And when you have terrible weather in places that doesn't normally have it, they don't know how to deal with it. Ice and snow have been an issue uh, throughout many parts of Texas. Pistons have not been able to leave since playing Dallas uh, late Monday night. And uh, as a result, no Wizards and Pistons, according to a published report, uh, coming up tonight in Detroit. What we can confirm right now is Chris is going to tell us who the Dumb Dumb of the Day is. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Oh, yes, indeed. Dateline, Illinois. (laughs) Pete, do you like chicken wings? I like chicken of any kind. Okay. Chicken wings are great. Um, Breast, leg, let's go. I mean, finger. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. Chicken is better, and it's great with buffalo sauce and blue cheese and all that good stuff. I've had wings uh, two out of the last three days that I air fried uh, just because they're low in carbs and all all of that good stuff. Well, apparently, so does Miss Vera Liddell. Vera. A 66-year-old woman who was the food service director at Harvey School District in Illinois during the height of COVID-19, she ordered more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings for the district (laughs) with school funds Bet you they didn't get to the school, did they? They did not. <laughs> Miss Miss Vera decided to make the chicken wings herself. Taking them home. She took all the chicken wings for herself, according oh. to court records. One point five million dollars worth of food is what the former food service director now of the impoverished Illinois school district. Again, the Harvey school district, not sure exactly where in Illinois, $1.5 million worth of food, most of which being in chicken wings, is what she is alleged in court records of stealing. What? But they, here. here's another part of this. First of all, what school district has chicken wings? I never had chicken yeah, wings. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I, I, I'm not sure. Here's the, here, here's the other part. They don't know what has happened to the tens of thousands of pounds of chicken wings. They just know that they weren't served to students who were able to get meals for pickup, which a lot of school districts did do during the pandemic, Mm. which was wonderful. But they found food costs that were $300,000 over budget in January 22 uh, during a school audit audit so that's when they started looking into miss vera's um transgressions let's say and she's currently (laughs) she's current 
She's currently being held in Cook County Jail. So that's in the Chicagoland area. I used to live in Cook County, a little bit north of Chicago and downtown Chicago on a $150,000 bond. The chicken wings that were not eaten, apparently. Or maybe they were eaten. They were Check just her gut. They're in her gut. That's where they're at. <laughs> Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police. Ah, oh, we did. Ah, yes. You got to call the chicken police. And for that reason alone, Miss Vera, <clears throat> you, my friend, not the smartest person in the world. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. That'll do it for us today. If you missed our interview with Tony Khan, Maddie will have it up on the podcast. Uh, great uh, 15 minutes uh, with Tony Khan. And uh, make sure you check out their show tonight out in Dayton, Ohio. Should be an outstanding one on this Wednesday night. Of course, you're a little freed up now with the Wizards. Not taking on the Detroit Pistons coming up tonight. The only bad thing is now I can't listen to Dave Johnson and Glenn Consor on my way back from Lafayette tonight. That's where I'm headed, as always, hoping to see the former heavyweight champion of the world, Larry Holmes, when I go to Easton. Pennsylvania coming up tonight. That does it for us, for Maddie, for Russell. I'm Pete. Burgundy and Gold today is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 9 right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.